All right, everybody, welcome back to the Purple Friday podcast. We're live from the hammock. It's a long hiatus. We are finally back for the start of the 2023 NFL season. Um, so first and foremost, I'd say congratulations to both of you. Uh, one getting engaged, the other one getting married. So congratulations. <laughs> appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, appreciate it. Definitely a uh, different set of circumstances before we had our last show. <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> so, you know, I, I just hope, you know, that the real test comes now, you know, this football season, you know, the the, the, the dynamics have changed, you know. <laughs> so it will be it will, this. I didn't have anything happen on my end. Everything was still good. Everything's still good. It, hoping you, for the same. Yeah, hoping for this. I'm hoping for the same for both of y'all. That everything is the best thing you can hope for in marriage is the relationship doesn't really change that much. You just add a title to it. That's right. it. So, mm-hmm. but it, anyway, um, so the NFL, you know, season has uh, kicked off, but you know, there's a lot going on right now. Um, obviously, everybody's in training camp. Um, there still are several players that are not in training camp and mainly running backs. <laughs> so I guess we'll start there. Um, you see like the Dalvin Cooks and um, he's, I think, currently looking for a job. I think he was supposed to be talking with the Jets maybe a few days ago. Josh Jacobs has officially left the state of Nevada. <laughs> um, he's no, not hearing anything from the Raiders. Apparently, I did say that they're willing to talk to him, but as far as what I've heard, he's not willing to talk. But um, on top of that, we've seen other running backs for, for the teams that are, you know, they're in training camps are getting hurt. Alma Kamara is, looks like he's going to get suspended for a few games. Um, I think the Bills running back, Zach Moss, is dealing with an injury right now. Um, what's, I'm just going to get your guys' input on this. It's the fullback position in the NFL has effectively been phased out. Yeah. Do you foresee? the running back position the way the NFL is being played today because like you got kids are kids are watching this right and they're thinking if I'm going to go to the NFL to make money running back ain't a position to do it in you know they're, they're yeah. you got within three to four years to make any kind of m- real money and you know when they got rid of that um, they put caps on what rookies can make in their first year um that really did hurt the running backs because you, they they've been telling people you only got three or four years of, you know, where you're at your at your peak, and then after four years they're like, oh, now we're not willing to pay you. We're seeing with guys like Jonathan Taylor, J.K. Dobbins, I mean um, Josh Jacobs. I said these guys have been top rushers in the league and are still having to fight to get paid what they're rightfully due. No. Do you think that running back position could get? phased into something else where it's like more of a flanker position instead of just running back uh i i feel like it's kind of slightly trending in that direction already um running back is definitely still a crucial position but at the same time i feel like it's only a few teams that kind of still hold that um that running you know that high on a total pole like you know Baltimore is obviously one of the teams where we rely heavily on the run. So um, everything that we do is almost through our run game. But it's a lot of teams in the league now, probably more than half of them, that, um, yeah, they run the ball, but it's definitely not the focus of the offense. So I don't think we're there yet where the running back position is not needed because, like I said, the running back position is still going to be crucial because it sets up a lot of things in the pass game. So um, I I think it's still too soon just to say. Um, but, you know, as creative as offenses are getting uh, with different types of play designs and schemes and things like that, like it, it is definitely making it a little bit more, um, a little bit less significant than what it used to be in the past. And the way this business is turning out, the way the business of the running back and, and, and how these contracts are set up and the lack of their protection in the CBA and things like that, I wouldn't be surprised if this this whole thing is kind of like, um, escalated like quicker than what it probably would have been had this 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 financial piece of it not been a part of it. So I I, I think it's definitely uh, trending in a certain direction. Um, do I think this season or next season we're going to see much of a difference in in terms of the use of the running back? Probably not, because at the end of the day, 
somebody still got to eat. I mean, if, J- right. if JK don't play, you know, there's somebody out there looking for a job. You mentioned Dalvin Cook. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised at this point after the developments we've heard with JK if if the Ravens don't make a play. I mean, it's not it's not like they have that much leverage across the board, especially even with the Saquon situation and and his uh, holdout where he kind of folded for for crumbs. So it's not like they have too many examples that's gonna they can kind of lean on because it, it they just have zero leverage and contractually it, it's really nothing in there that's going to protect them at least today so I, I don't think it's going to change overnight but it's something definitely got to change um in that cpa or something for, for, for something to you know to get that kind of that re-emergence of the running back but right now they're down bad yeah they are they are and the crazy thing is if they don't fight for their value now like 10 years from now, I can see the position being phased out. And, and the reason I say that is, if you look at high school, middle school, the um, the evolution of like 707 being like the new thing, like kids are more excited about 707 than actually playing in the season these days. And mm-hmm. and when, I, when I've gone to these things, I mean, I'm seeing four wides and a tight end, two tight ends, three wides. I don't see many running backs out there. So I think the evolution coming from the, from the younger leagues up um, and the way these offenses are being set up in these seven on seven tournaments, I can see that carrying over. If we don't stand up for the value of the position now, I can see it being phased out because, you know, we're not getting wide receivers going crazy for money. They know they're interchangeable. We, we're slotting them in, slotting them out, and there's not the same type of fight for those for like the number three, number four wide receivers. But these number one running backs, they're wanting, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15 million a year. So, they have to fight now and and the next cba is going to be really crucial because like i said in these younger leagues it's being devalued players are wanting to be a wide receiver they want to catch the ball they want to be a they want to be a tight end the 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 offenses are changing where we're seeing more of the jet sweep and these wide receivers these slot receivers getting more carries than the running back so the game is changing at that level so the fight has to be at the, the professional level or we can see that position phase out yeah, I, mean, I mentioned Zach Moss for the Bills. Zach Moss plays for the Colts now. Um, he has a he had a he's out six to eight weeks with a broken arm. Um, so Jonathan Taylor has a little bit of a leg to stand on in that sense <laughs> for him. But like you guys are saying, with you know positioning possibly getting getting phased getting phased out getting phased out. I mean, you think about it going seven on seven that would eliminate you know the guard position on the offensive line. Um, it would eliminate defensive tackles. Um, yeah. it's, it's a whole as the NFL as the as the NFL continues to make more money, these billionaires are going to want to keep finding ways to cut costs. And the biggest their biggest costs are players. And if they can find a way to phase out an entire position group um, and get more guys to you know battle for those positions, and you think about it, what's going to end up happening is yeah, you'll have all these wide receivers, everybody's pass catching, but then the NFL is going to come back and say, well, there's only, there's like so many of you guys that are wide receivers. Now we only have so much money. You know, you can have four wide receivers on the field, two running backs, two tight ends. You have two tackles, two guards, but you only got one quarterback. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of this, a lot of this fight for the end for the players in general has to start with the quarterbacks. Because they're the, they're only one guy. Like the backup quarterback gets nowhere near the kind of money that the, the, the that the number one guy does. But in order for a fight to actually occur, for the uh, for the players to keep you know for the, the NFL not phasing out their groups, is the NF the top players the NFL play the NFL um, the quarterbacks the wide the top guys the wide receiver you know just the faces of the league need to step up and say hey this isn't right this isn't cool you know these guys deserve to be out there because look. I don't know. Quiet is kept. I know these owners keep saying they don't need running backs, but we see what having like that having that guy running back can do for your team. You know, can you can't tell me that Seattle when um, they had Marshawn Lynch there would have been fine if they didn't have Beast Mode. You can't tell me that the Ravens in the two thousands would have been fine if they didn't have Jamal Lewis. The Pittsburgh Steelers didn't have Le'Veon Bell. Like I get it. There are a lot of guys that that can be filler pieces. 
you know, spell backs and then you kind of hold things over until maybe you get that guy. But I, when you have a guy, I don't care what position that is. When you have a guy that makes an impact on the field, you can't replicate that. I don't care how many backs you have. Like you could get rid of Dalvin Cook and have, oh, we'll have three backs behind him that can supposedly supplement what he does. But what Dalvin Cook and Jonathan Taylor and Josh Jacobs and J.K. Dobbins, what those guys provide is that they have the ability in a game to control when they get when they when they're in a in a groove and and they're they're in a they're in the in the in the in the mood right there like they can control the actual football game dominate the game get five or six yards every carry you can't stop look at Derrick Henry Tennessee when Derrick Henry is on a roll he's on that that the Tennessee Titans are almost winning those games nine times out of ten when you have a guy like that. So I think that's what is is very important to the players themselves have to realize like no this is a guy like this is a this is a a dude he's him that kind of when you have an Adrian Peterson and Ladanian Thomas and those kind of guys they make an impact you know so I think that's that's extremely important uh, for them to get you know get started but um. I guess we'll, you know, move on to Ravens training camp. Travis, I know you went, uh, what was the stadium practice? Was it a couple weeks ago? Yeah, I went to the stadium practice this past weekend, and I'm going to the uh, actual training camp practice tomorrow. Nice. So, like, what did, you, what did you see out there? What did they show? You know, like, who's out there and what were they running? Uh, all right, all right, so... I'll start with the offense. All right. So um, initially, this is what I saw. Four wide receivers. Trash. We, we saw that. <laughs> we saw we saw those four wide receivers being the talk of like the conversation going into the season that we're going to get back to that Louisville offense with Lamar. And that's what they came out with. I saw a lot of four wide receiver sets, uh, two wide, two tight end, the 22 set. Um, but I'll tell you this. Crochet until the end looked absolutely terrible on offense. Uh, um, yeah, he got he had himself a little touchdown, but I mean, he couldn't get separation. He wasn't catching the ball like you know he used to be like the training camp star, but he looked really terrible out there. Um, but overall, like um, you know, in drills, uh, I'll say uh, Nelson Aguilar looked good. Um, Odell looked amazing. Like he was, he wasn't practicing as much as everybody else, but they said it was the most reps he's taken this whole training camp. But when he was in there, he was scoring. He was getting, he had some nice sideline catches and he had two touchdowns in the scrimmage. So he looked really good. But the guy on offense I was most impressed with, Isaiah Likely. They had him out wide, they had him in the slot, they had him in line at tight end. So it looks like he's going to be a bigger focal point of the offense. So they're going to use him in a lot of ways. I mean, I saw him getting catches left and right. So it looks like Lamar really, really trusts him. Um, and he had a couple touchdowns as well. So Isaiah likely looks real good. Um, you know, back to the strategy, um, you know, with these four wide sets, there were a lot of quick throws, a lot of screens, getting the ball out of Lamar hand, Lamar's hands. Um, the read option was still intact. Um, we're still doing a lot of that action. Um, the one thing that was really interesting um, was it was kind of like an RPO look where we were faking a quick pitch, throwing the slant, fake pitch, throw the fade. A lot of that action uh, was really was really interesting. Um, but ultimately, like the biggest disappointment on offense was probably uh, James Prochet and then some of the offensive line. Um, I know they got that rookie left guard in there right now with the first team. But when they went full team, I mean, Lamar was struggling to move the offense um, through the air because they were in the defensive line and our pass rushers were in his face. Like he was scrambling around, breaking their ankles, trying to get up the sideline. A couple throws he had to, they were timing throws he threw early because people were right in his face. So, um, you know, the offensive line struggled early, but towards the end of the practice, when they went team again, um, there was better protection and Lamar was just picking apart the defense. So um, from an offensive standpoint, that's what I saw. Uh, special teams, I saw OBJ, DuVernay, Aguilar, and James Crochet returning punts. Um, defensively, 
David Ojabo is massive. This guy is huge. I didn't see him last year in person, but he is huge. And he was all over the place on the field. Owe, he was all over the place. Um, uh, uh, who was it? Uh, Matabuke and uh, Michael Pierce were in the backfield when I was saying they, like who was getting pressure on Lamar. It was those two coming right up the middle all day, just wreaking havoc on the offensive line, making question, them look question. silly. Yeah. About the offensive line, um, they, they weren't in padded practice yet, right? They They're not in padded, padded practice, so it's probably a little bit more difficult on them. Yeah, um, I was gonna say it's probably a little bit of an advantage for the defense when they didn't hit the that. Olano got him to grab. Yeah, it was a first padded. Practice. Yeah, yeah, but I, I'll tell you this: our defense looks fast. Kyle Hamilton is flying around; he looks bigger, like taller, thicker. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what was it? My guy Simpson, the rookie linebacker, he was looking quick. I saw him in drills and on the field. He looks really quick. Um, probably still a little lost out there, but athletically, he's definitely there. Um, but overall, everything looked good. I think the only the only person that really got beat uh, was probably uh, Marlon. Aguilar got him one time, and Marlon slung him to the ground. If you saw my, my Instagram reel I posted, um, that was that one deep path. Um, Marlon, like, slammed Aguilar to the ground a little bit, and they threw the flag when they were going through two-minute drills. But besides that, uh, you know, defense just looked really good. Nice. Yeah, I heard, you know, Rashad Bateman is, he's still, he's on the pup, I think. He's um, obviously still recovering from his foot injury. I, I would have to ask, you know, you guys, like, real quick, you know, with OBJ there now, Zay Flowers apparently has been uh, getting better apparently each day at camp. Um, I, I know a lot of us, I think everybody, a lot of Ravens fans, including us, were saying that we were expecting maybe Zay to be kind of like maybe the two or three going into the season. Um, oh, no. <laughs> they said the way he's playing, his demeanor, the way he carries himself, and how he's got a kind of a hold of the offense and the way he's making plays. They're like, no, he can legit be the guy, like right mm-hmm. out the gate. Like, <laughs> um, with, with Zay Flowers and OBJ and Nelson Aguilar, and he's still got Devin Duvernay. I have to ask, you know, where does where does Bateman fit in all this right now? Yeah, he, he hasn't practiced. I mean, it's not his fault. Obviously, he's got a foot issue, but you know, these are those. Mm-hmm. These are those this is that crucial time where you can kind of get your get you get into your groove, get your body just used to being out in the field and catching the ball, getting the, you know muscle memory and all that good stuff. And you know, he's where where does he fit into this rotation? I think, I think that's a tough question. Um. Am I getting an echo? No. I don't think so. it's, it's, a, okay. it's a slight echo. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a tough question. Like, I'm not sure where he's going to fit, to be honest. Um, but at the same time, it's not. I don't think his position is in danger as far as which receiver he's going to be. It, it's going to be literally up to him to come back. And he, he's going to have to fight for a number one and number two uh, receiver spot at this point. Because the way Zayn's been playing, he's been playing out of his mind. So... They, they said, I think yesterday was one of Zay's best days at camp, and he nagged a few touchdowns, and, and OBJ was, like, right behind him. So, uh, Bateman is in a position now where when he does come back for injury, he's going to have to fight a little harder than what he thought he might have to um, because our offense seems like it's cooking right now. So, it, it's kind of tough to say, but um, it, it kind of seems that people are starting to kind of forget about uh, Rashad Bateman in a sense because of the injury bug and everything like that but at the end of the day he's still going to have um, a chance to come back and solidify his spot depending on how he plays now with James Prochet, uh he's going to be on the outside looking in real soon if he keeps performing like Travis said he's performing at camp uh, because he, he's under a lot of pressure right now with all the new additions because I yeah. heard Nelson Aguilar has been um, had a great camp this week as well so it's going to be tough for uh, for Rashad to solidify his spot, but at the same time, he'll be in the mix somewhere. But James Prochet, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. This, the thing about Prochet is, like, remember the last, what, two years, he's always been like the – he's been like the Cinderella of, of training camp. He's been all these catches and stuff, and I can't wait till he produces on the field. So the fact that he's not even doing that part now, um, the good chance – there's a good chance that he's not going to make make the team. 
he's gonna get cut. Uh, him and uh, what's the other dude, Wallace? <laughs> um, yeah. Good chance they may not make the team this year. Um, what up, practice squad? Him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and your boy uh, Shamar Bridges. He wasn't getting a lot of burn out there, so I don't I don't know if he's gonna have that story come preseason or if he's gonna turn up come preseason. But, it's a shame. Um, yeah. yeah such a, like the, he's the big frame that they need that that Mar needs to throw to. Yeah, and he's gotten leaner. He looks faster. So, but there's just more talent in that receiver room. Like I'm scared. Like Bateman won't have a role. Like he like you all said, <laughs> he's gonna be forgotten about. Yeah. Yeah. He's so had I mean, plenty of time, but. Unfortunately, the injury just didn't give him the chance that he that he needs. Now, with with all the you know positions still of need and everything else, like you know, obviously with J.K. situation, we did hear Lamar say that you know he expects him back. Uh, even Mark Viviano and WJZ, I think the uh, yesterday on the radio said that he basically said he'll be back and he'll be back soon, like ready to go. Um, and it sounds like look, I mean, it's I think J.K. Before obviously before this running back stuff started happening, it was a lot more vocal. Was a lot more vocal out there, um, you know, with you know stating how he wasn't being used and you know how he wants to be in this offense. But I think since the market kind of has set itself, a lot of these running backs are like, look, man, I got to kind of get in where I fit in now at this point. Um, now say now saying all that, I don't think the Ravens are going to just like stiff him. You know, I do think they're going to give. I think they want J.K. there around long term. Um, that because it's only because you know you got you still got Justice Hill, you got Gus Edwards, you brought in Melvin Gordon, but J.K. We saw when he's a hundred percent, even at eighty percent last year, we we saw a couple of those games where if he was his, we knew if his knee was healthy, he was gone for touchdowns, like gone. So we know a hundred hundred percent what J.K. can do. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping that you know if he comes back, that some they work on a, some kind of deal with him going forward now i will say apparently news came down today rocky sin got an injury um at camp today harbaugh said that it's day-to-day or we'll see it's wait and see you know how harbaugh is with his injury reports mm-hmm. um, so look you know you just signed rocky sin you know you did you, marcus peters is now gone he's with the raiders now um, I still have to say the cornerback right now is still a position of concern yeah, yeah. going into this season. You got Brandon Stevens who wants to be more of a safety type player and you're kind of log jammed out there because you already got Geno Stone, you got Marcus, you got um, who am I missing? Uh, Hamilton. You, you, so I mean you need at least another guy on the outside. You know, I don't think Pepe Williams and Jalen Armour Davis, you know, are ready necessarily yet to be those outside guys. Those are more slot corners. Look, again, I don't know what the issue is with him. They said he was limping into the training room. Who knows? We've already heard guys now, you know, getting these injuries are out five to six weeks, six to eight weeks. You know, when you, yeah. when you get these injuries this early in the season, hamstrings, calves, you look at Joe, Joe, Joe Burrow. Uh, he's gonna probably miss all the training camp with his calf strain. They said he came in with that sleeve on his leg, um, and those are those things when you had those muscle issues and stuff, especially early on. That's the concept that lingers throughout the season. Um, so the question is, you know, even if he does come back, you know, how can they count on him? You know, for the whole season at this point, uh, I would have to assume they have to probably go out there and find, try to get somebody in the free agent market. I mean. Um, do you guys think it's going to be I'll say this if the pass rush is going to be better this year it wouldn't be it, it won't be that much of an issue I'll say that if a job Travis is as advertised and he blows up the scene and Oway gets almost sacks you know just you know if he can just stifle the quarterback a little bit and let a finish it you know, or something. Um, if they can get to the to the quarterback, I don't. This is a, as much of a glaring issue as it seems right now because we've always we, the last few years we've been so dependent on our cornerbacks being able to play wide receivers for longer than three seconds. But if Ajabo and Patrick Queen and Roquan 
and Trenton Simpson and these guys can actually get pressure on the quarterback, it may not be that much of an issue for this season. I, I think it. I think it is uh, a big uh, issue right now. Um, I think I think it's a big issue, especially with uh, Rock Hassan, Rock, Rock because mainly we don't really we still don't know what we're getting with him. I mean, from from all of the things I've heard, he's been getting beat pretty bad at camp. And I, I think that's a reflection really mainly because we're just better at receiver this year. So I'm hoping that's more of a good thing than a bad thing, to be honest. So I'm not upset with that. But at the same time, Rock Lassen, his his expertise is cover three, cover two. That's pretty much what he's been used to playing his whole career. We got him playing a lot of man. And so far, it's been a little bit, you know, a little bit iffy. So... There's really still no lock to me at at uh at cornerback two. And another thing that kind of gave me pause today was at the presser, um, the coach said that Jalen Armour Davis is actually in competition for the number two spot. So that <laughs> makes me that makes me nervous. That yeah. makes me nervous for him to come out and say that. Because yeah. you want you wanna believe that um, you know, maybe Jalen has has taken the next step this year. But it's it's I haven't seen a reason, you know, for, for for that to be the case. Not that I'm at camp every day, but for them to say that that he's in competition for the uh cornerback two spot and Rock the Sin just got signed, who was supposed to be expected to be a lock at cornerback two, you know, mm-hmm. that that makes him kinda nervous. So, you know, whether we have a good pass rush or not, I think the goal this year is still to be excellent across the board. And if we have a better pass rush this year and we're worse at corner, that's not going to help us to me, in my opinion. I mean, I, I think we need to be at least pretty good at both in order to be a, a solid defense. Because it's, it's kind of like we're looking to take a, make a step forward, and if we get better at one position and, and worse at another, it, it's kind of counterproductive. Mm-hmm. So... Like you said, I think our safety, our safety room is deep. It's it's talented. It's, you you can have we got three potential pro bowlers at safety that's playing safety. So like I'm I'm cool with or two potential. I'm cool with that. But the cornerback position, you know, especially wanting to prepare for injuries and things like that, um, just don't want to end up SOL on that front if uh if somebody goes down and and we got our first you know major not major injury but significant player with an injury at camp so yeah I, I think it's a little bit more of a bigger issue but um hopefully it's it's nothing and you know hopefully rock picks up that defense a lot quicker in that man coverage and and it, it'll be a non-issue so i'm hoping it's a non-issue but i am worried about it still yeah, I forgot to say that in my recap, man. That was one thing that did stand out was Jalen Armand Davis was running with the one a little bit. Um, like, the eye test, he looks good in the eye test. Like, he walks up, he looks, he's great size, he's fast. He didn't he didn't play bad at all. Um, I, I just noticed him because I was wondering, like, why he was out there with the ones. Um, but, you know, he didn't get beat or anything. So I'm hoping he took that next step, but that is scary. Because who I saw coming out there after, like, Marlon would go off was uh, Jalen Armour Davis and Brandon Stevens. That's who that's who we were trying out there. So that's who you're looking at if, if Rocky Sin is out for a long period of time. Those two are going to take the reps. So, I mean, yeah. it would definitely be beneficial if we go out and find somebody. I don't know who's out there. Um, I don't know if there's anybody solid still even available or if this is something where we have to look at a trade and find a disgruntled guy who isn't getting paid or something. But um, it is definitely an area of concern. Um, You know, we're not going to get by in this division or in the playoffs without a solid secondary all the way around. There's just too many too many weapons in this division and in the AFC. Yeah, I think, you know, we had mentioned this before that, you know, we were kind of surprised the Ravens didn't go after a cornerback a little bit early in the draft this year, especially considering them. It seemed like Marcus Peters wasn't going to come back. Um, you know, Marlon, you know, while Marlon is the best corner we have, he's not the best lockdown corner. You know, he 
he has his moments where he can, he can get beat. Um, and we said we got Brandon Stevens, who's more of like a Swiss Army knife, a Swiss Army knife. You know, he kind of can play safety and corner, but neither doesn't play neither particularly too well. Um, and then again, you're relying on Jalen Davis, who got hurt last year and didn't play well when he was in there. And then you have uh, is it Kaya Blue Kelly from Stanford? They just drafted this year. Was he out there at all, Travis? Did you see him at all? Uh, Kai Blue Kelly. He was out there, like he was running with like the second and third teams, but I, I really didn't like notice him. Like he didn't okay. like stand out at all. Like J J D Brandon Stevens, um, and then Kevon uh, Seymour. Those were those were the ones I really noticed. So it's I think is it is it fair to say that the Ravens have been put a lot more focused this year on offense? Like the one of the first times in their franchise history, it seems like the defense is taking a little bit of a backseat this year. That I think they, they feel that if they can score thirty five, they care if the defense gives twenty eight, kind of thing. You know, that's what it seems like to me. I think the Ravens are trying to catch up with the trying to do what the rest of the league is doing, right? Um, I mean, outside of the 49ers, the Bengals, um, I guess who else would I put up there? 49ers, Bengals, defense-wise? St- I, I guess the Steel- and the Steelers, like outside of those, there's most, te- most franchises now are, don't really care about getting points scored on them. They just care about score- scoring points. Um, now, again, I think this puts a lot of pressure on Ajabo and Owe. Uh, this season to like all right if Dabo can get you double digit sacks and maybe Oway gets you seven or eight and then you get a few more from Roquan and Trenton and you know those Tyus Bowser and those boys and those boys then then maybe that helps out a little bit um but I think when you're going against the Miamis when you're going to go play Jalen Waddle and Tariq Hill and then you got like Lamar Chase and um, you got Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and those boys. Like, you still got George Pickens, you know, with the Steelers. So I'm like, yeah, even in our own division. Like, I mean, it's 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 kind of it was kind of head scratching a little bit that the Ravens didn't put more emphasis, not just in the draft, but in free agency, about going to yeah. get you know cornerback help. Um, so we'll see. Obviously, there are going to be cuts. There are going to be some veteran cuts. I'm pretty sure. Um, you know, through training camp, so maybe somebody falls to the Ravens or whatever. They maybe a uh, team fails the rookie is a little bit ahead of schedule, so they feel more comfortable about letting the older guy go, so they can, you know, maybe pick up somebody. So um, we'll see how that works out. Um, looking around the rest of the division real quick, um, obviously the big elephant in the room is Joe Burrow gets a cast train. Um, you no, know, run, just running a scramble drill. And, you know, we saw that black sleeve on his calf and he, he ran and he pulled right up. We just kind of heard everything get quiet, you know, right away. You know, we were all hoping that it wasn't an Achilles thing. It doesn't appear to be that. They said it was a calf strain. They didn't say how bad the calf strain is. They just said it was a calf strain, but they did say he'd be out five to six weeks. They said he's probably going to be missing most, if not all, of training camp at this point. Um, that has to be concerning. If you're the Bengals, um, again, like we, like I said before, you know, calf strain is one of those things, and a lot of the players have said on the, you know, the FS1 and ESPN, have, when you get these, these kind of muscle strains and slight muscle tears early in the season, it doesn't really until you get surgery on it, or you really just kind of sit down and let the thing heal, it doesn't go away. Like it's going to be out for a few weeks. I think people need to understand too. Is that when football players, especially or any athlete, gets an injury but have to go back out there and play, especially when they've been through recovery time, it's not that they're 100 percent; it's just that their bodies are good enough to play the sport at that. Point. And I don't even know who the, who the, who's the Bengals' backup quarterback. You might know who their backup quarterback is. Not a clue, dog. <laughs> Stetson is this. Who, is, is it? it no? It's not Stetson. It's uh. Hold on, I'm about to look. Trevor Simeon. Tre- oh, uh, Trevor. 
I guarantee okay. you the Bengals don't want to start the season. Let me see. Then let me check their schedule real quick because I think they got a pretty their first few games are. So they got the Brown. So the first the first three games for the Bengals are against the the Browns, the Ravens, and the Rams. Those are the first three games, and I guarantee you they don't want to start the season against the Browns in the division with Trevor Simeon at quarterback. So you're going to have to shoot him up with something or whatever. But again, he's going to keep aggravating that calf. I think that's going to, I'm not saying he's a mobile quarterback, but he's definitely reminds me of like the Tom Brady or uh, even Aaron Rodgers type where he kind of shuffles around the pocket and can find you little, little gaps here and there to get the ball downfield. Um, but if he can't move, he can't scramble. That's going to put him in that Joe Flacco, <laughs> um, that Joe Flacco uh, territory. He's kind of a statue. Can't move around. That's not going to be good for him. Um, so, and obviously, you know, they, they re-signed Joe Mixon. So he's back at running back. Um, all in all, for the most part, they've been pretty good. They're running back. Trevion Williams, who they were really high on when they drafted him. Uh, he got carted off the field today, uh, apparently suffering a right an- right ankle injury. They were really high. They were really, they really drafted Trevor Williams to kind of see if they could get rid of Joe Mixon. To be honest with you, I think that was <laughs> uh, the the at least what's going going to be going forward. Trevor Williams is going to be that guy, but now he's dealing with an ankle injury, so I'm not sure what's going to happen to him. Um, with the Bengal situation this year, obviously. Burrow not taking a lot of reps and stuff like that. And um, they did lose a lot of secondary help in the offseason. Um, do you see them? Do, I'm not going to say they, they definitely start a rival and still an issue. Don't get me wrong. But do you think the league may still be a little bit too high on the Bengals this season, considering especially I think they have more concerning secondary issues than we do? going into this season, especially on the back end, the safety. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure, really, to be honest. I mean, I, I think everything is is riding on Burrow. I mean, if, if he can somehow get healthy and he's ready to play, then yeah, this, this, we're still going to have to worry about them. I think the league is going to remain high on the Bengals as long as Joe Burrow is still there. So, I think that's just something we're just going to have to get used to. But, um, this, this calf injury is, you know, like you said, just I think it's just as major as you as you as you pinpoint it because to to start off the season like that in a division and we play them what week two like that that's that's going to be critical but um hopefully he gets back healthy but I'm not going to say I'm I'm not mad at the fact that that gives us a slight upper hand in the second week but I would definitely much rather play him yeah than have to see his backup I mean I'm I'm never the type that you know is going to. It's gonna like having to take advantage of your team when your best players aren't there, but um, that's gonna put them at a major disadvantage if he's not ready to go. So I, I think I think ultimately they're still gonna be a team to to reckon with. Um, it's gonna be a super tough AFC this season, and they're gonna to have to get him back healthy sooner rather than later, um, or they're gonna find themselves behind the eight ball real real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I think the league is is high on them, but I mean they're they're a couple years removed from the super from going to the Super Bowl, so I mean part of that is deserved, and it's not like they had an awful year last year either. Um, so they, they they can be high on them. It is what it is. Um, it's going to be a whole lot of teams that they're going to be high on, but it's going to all sort itself out after the first half of the season anyway. So we'll see. Yeah, I agree. I think the league is too high on them. Um, I think they're a solid team, but they're not this juggernaut that the media keeps making them out to be. I, I get it. Everybody thinks Joe Burrow is like the next Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, all in that category. I get it. But, you know, they're not – I don't think they're a very well-rounded team. Like, I think – I don't remember if it was Miles or Utre that said it, that they, their secondary is very suspect. Um and I think they actually downgraded by losing Eli Apple, which is saying something. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah. yeah, I think I don't think they're as great as people are making them out to be. I think you know they're easily exploitable. The only thing that you really have to worry about is like if you get up on them, you got to put them away because Joe Burrow is not to be messed with. Um, but if he's not healthy, um, 
it's gonna it's not gonna fare well. And if it if this is a nagging injury, it's gonna be even worse. So yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I, I think see a lot of people are high on them because they they have a Joe Burrow has a winning record against Pat Mahomes, so they kind of keep living off that. He living off the fact that they beat Pat Mahomes, but then Pat Mahomes beats him in you know eighth championship game. Um, and they've been, but they've been, again, they live off that. And of course, their, their players have been talking already. You know, going into the season, I'm lucky. I will say this: what I have, I've liked about the Ravens camp. They've kind of been, they've been really focused. You haven't heard any chirping. You haven't heard any players like making any statements to other teams and stuff like that. Like they just kind of been focusing on their own business. Um, so I, I have like that. It seems like they're kind of dialed in. Um, now, you know, the Steelers, a lot of the win-loss uh, win predictions have come out. And a lot of them have said that, they again, <laughs> I think they're going to keep doing this until it happens, uh, that Mike Tom is going to have his first losing season this year. Um, now, Kenny Pickett's going into a second year. You got George Pickens. Who was expected to have a larger role this season? You know, he 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 was he was definitely highlighted last year because of the catches he was making, but he didn't wasn't necessarily making a whole bunch of plays. Um, like he wasn't out there a lot. So, but I expect him to be out there a lot more this year. Yeah, obviously they signed Patrick Peterson. You know, with a depth signing, they get draft Joy Porter Jr. cornerback. Uh, they also signed Allen Robinson at wide receiver. Um, do you think the Steelers this year? Uh, do you think Kenny Pickett makes that next step? Or do I, I'll say this for myself. I never thought Kenny Pickett was that good to begin with. I think Kenny Pickett, to me, can be another Kirk Cousins. That's what I think. I think he can be a good quarterback, but I don't think he's going to be what they what Steeler fans hope that, you know, Aaron Rodgers was to Brett Favre. I don't think you're going to move on from Ben Roethlisberger. It's, v- it's very hard to find quarterbacks in this league, especially back-to-back. Uh and Kenny Pickett, while, you know, a lot of people like to, you know, mention the last few games and he had a really good TD to interception ratio and he had four game winning drives at the end of the season. But you look at the I think the uh, the, the last few games of the year. Let me pull it up real quick. Um, I don't think they really played anybody. Those last like five games, it was. So it was the Browns, us without Lamar Jackson, the Raiders, the Panthers. Yeah, those are the last four games. I mean, so I mean, it's we'll have to see this year. You know, what Kenny? I I don't know really know what to say with the Steelers because I don't we don't know what Kenny Pick is going to do. I I don't yeah. know. I don't think he only played a few. Was it half the like about half the season? Um, but then he got hurt for a few games because Roquan, you know, laid him out. You know, um, it, it that they're an they're an enigma to me. I don't know what it honestly. Also, what it what it what it um, boils down to is what does Najee Harris do? I mean, last year he started to get real slow. You know, he didn't pick it up until the towards the end of the season, and that's kind of been the knock on him. Now is like, you know, is it going to take him to week nine, week ten to kick it into gear? You know, like. We're going to need you week one to really kick this in the gear. Um, and the same thing with George Pickens, you know, on his side, he's going to be expected to be more of a, you know, 10 to 12 reception guy during each week. And he hasn't been getting those kind of targets even last season. So, I mean, it's really – still is going to be an enigma for me for this year. I can't really say I expect Tomlin to um, have a losing season. He's a hell of a coach. He does a really good job. Uh, if they're close and they can sense maybe potentially making the playoffs, he gets those guys ready to win. But I think a lot of it really hinges on what those guys in their second year, Najee and his third, what they're going to do for that for that offense. And also, T.J. Watt. Look, I understand T.J. Watt is the man and everything else, but he's got a groin issue. Like the last two years, he's had the groin problem has kept him out for a few weeks during the season. And for what I know with groin issues, those don't go away. Like when you got a groin problem, that you got a groin problem. And you have to assume the last two years, like he's been out for a few weeks. He might be the same thing. You're going to be without TJ Watt, your best defensive player, for maybe four to five weeks because of a groin issue. 
you know? So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Without T.J. Watt on the field, that 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 squad becomes very mediocre. Um, but if he can stay healthy, I think they're always going to still be in a mix. I'm definitely yeah. not, definitely not high on um, Kenny Pickett. Never have been um, since he came in. I, I do think, like you said, Miles. I think he can be a good quarterback, but I don't know if he's going to ever be good enough to excel them to anywhere significant. So I, I, I don't really have that much faith in uh, Kenny Pickens. But I will say um, I'm not worried about uh, George Pickens. George Pickens. I, I think he's going to be him. And within mm-hmm. this season and next season, I I think he's going to be a problem. He's going to slowly push himself to that number one spot on that team um, just based on what I've seen from him and how he kind of picks it up, picked it up towards the end of the season last year as well. Um, Najee Harris is like one of those things is like – I, I think he does show up. Um, like you said, he, he had a stronger end of the uh, end of the season that, that was pretty impressive, to be honest. I think I was more impressed with him at the end of the year. The, earlier in the year, I didn't really – he wasn't really doing much. But the fact of how running backs are kind of had a premium right now is like I know the Steelers are still lucky to have him um, out there <laughs> uh, willing to play. Um, so, yeah, I, I think um, – like you said, it's kind of like we don't know what we're going to get this season, but I don't think they're going to be, you know, anywhere in contention with us or, or with the Bengals. So, you know, I, I think they'll probably be the Browns are going to end up being, which we'll, we'll probably talk about. But I don't, outside of just those individual players, overall as a team, I don't think that they've gotten any better from last season. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think that for, for the Steelers, like they're just kind of – they're the same as they were last year. I, I, yeah, they could be ten and six. I mean, not ten and six, ten and seven. They, they could also be eight and nine. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. So now I think the thing we gotta think about with the Steelers is like I think like they are a, they can be a competitive team like and they can be like one of those teams that can like knock you off just because they have those like interesting playmakers like Pickens and Najee. Um, so I think there's somebody to be feared. Like if we're in like end of the year, I think we play them very late in the year again. And if we're competing for a seed or a playoff spot, they are somebody to be concerned about just because they can pull out a victory, even though I don't think they're a playoff team, they could pull out a victory just because of their playmakers. Because they and have coaching. more defense and <laughs> Oh yeah, and coaching. They got, yeah. I still think they have the best coach in the AFC uh, North. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, they're still they're not going to be a playoff team. I don't see them to be a threat to the division title. But if we're in a playoff run and and, and we're in the thick of things, there's somebody that we can't sleep on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The other the last team, obviously, to focus on is the Browns. This, I don't think they made enough, like you said, Trey, about the Steelers. I don't think the Browns made enough changes or even in the draft to really make me say, yeah, they're better than they were last year. You know, like, again, I know a lot of this really depends on what, what kind of Deshaun Watson we get. You know, he gets a full camp here. He doesn't have to worry about the lawsuits and the civil unrest, the civil suits and stuff and paying the money out. And, you know, he may continue to have to deal with people, you know, bringing signs to the, to the stadium and creep, pervert, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but he can now focus just on football at this point. Um, again, their coaching isn't the best. Um, they still have Nick Chubb. I think Kareem Hunt is gone. I think he's out there on the free agent market right now. Um, but again, I don't think they did enough. Miles Garrett is still there. And I'll say this. I'll say this. Is it me or do people hype up Miles Garrett a little too much? I got, he's good. Don't get me wrong. He's good. But they make him like the Madden rating came out and he got a 99. <laughs> I was like, I'll say this. Miles Garrett does. When you look at the stats, he does get sacks, right? But it's one of those things where it doesn't really impact the actual game. They're not those impact sacks when it's third and short. You know, those kind of things that change the dynamic of a game. Like he gets, he's quietly gets those sacks during the game. He's decent, but I don't, he's not like a TJ Watt kind of 
sack guy. Mm-hmm. He's not a TJ Watt. When he gets a sack, like it's an it's it's felt. Like it's, it makes an impact on the game. Like there are guys on defense, so when they make certain plays happen, they do it quietly. It doesn't really impact the game a lot. But there's a guy I'm pretty sure on offense. You know, you can get a wide receiver, get 10 catches for 100 yards, but it didn't really impact the game much. <laughs> you know, yeah. you can you look at the stats. It sounds like oh, this guy should be dominating, but it's like. Yeah, he gets them, but not when he really needs to get those sacks. But that's that's just me, Randy. Um, yeah, I, I think also the it, he'll probably be it'll probably seem a lot more deserving if they were winning more games because mm-hmm. I mean he did wreck shop a little bit. Like he had like sixteen sacks last season. Yeah, I don't yeah. think he's ever had under like ten sacks or something like he's that. He's had double digits. Yeah, he's had double digits since he's been but, league. But yeah, I think you know if he was like if they were like winning games and, and stuff, I think it'll be. He'll be recognized a little bit more, but like you said, in those crucial times, it's like, does he show up? So that's the question, right? But yeah, this, this is a team I think this at the end of the day is solely on Deshaun Watson. I don't think it's anybody else. Miles Garrett's been doing Miles Garrett things, we know what Amari Cooper can do, we know, we know what can Nick Chubb and them can do. The Browns have been the Browns since before Deshaun Watson, and most of those guys have been there before him. Question is, can Deshaun Watson take that next step? And it's weird to say because, you know, he did it. He went from the Texans, which is you look at the Texans when he played there to the Browns. Now it's arguably the same kind of team. You roughly, you know, Aaron Foster there. You got Nick Chubb. He had Andre Johnson. You have a Mark. I'm not saying Mark Cooper is Andre Johnson, but you know what I'm saying? Um, Mm -hmm. And it's, it's eerily the same kind of team. You know, you had J.J. Watt there in Houston. You got Miles Garrett on the other side in defense. So, you, like, you have a very similar team build. And the best we saw to Deshaun Watson was maybe a playoff game. Did he? A playoff game? And I know from the Ravens, every time we played Deshaun Watson, we made him look average. Every time the Ravens played him. So, I'm like, you know, if we even get to Deshaun Watson from the Houston Texan days, which is arguably his best version of himself... I still don't think that is as a Ravens fan, I'm worried about the Browns, personally. Yeah, I'm not I'm definitely not concerned. Uh whatsoever. I think, like you said, in the same boat as the Steelers, I don't really think they have made too many changes and their coaching isn't as good as the Steelers. So um I'm not concerned. Um but I use it a little bit a little bit too loosely because it's still division and we're still gonna have a tough time with both of these teams. But, you know, when it comes playoff time, I I'm, I don't really anticipate them going too far if making it at all. Yeah, I was doing a little reading on the Browns um, while we were having a discussion. And, um, you know, some of the observations are like Deshaun Watson looks better, um, but the receivers look awful. <laughs> um, and then Joku is like the, is the person that Deshaun is locked in on. Um, yeah. It seems like that's where his one connection is. Um, and the defense doesn't look too great. So I don't think we have much of a threat. I think, uh, you know, Des- Deshaun may put up some numbers on us. Possibly, maybe, probably not. But, um, you know, like you said, Trey, like it's a division game. So we have we can't treat anybody lightly. But I don't see them as a threatening division. I think the division ultimately will come down to us and the Bengals. Yeah. All right. Um, what do you so? What do you guys? The win loss I've seen for the Ravens at most I've seen was eleven wins. The least I've seen was nine. Um, a lot of people, even with the Lamar Jackson signing, still a little hesitant to put the Ravens kind of back into that Super Bowl contender tier. Um, you know, considering the Ravens' schedule this year, um, you got the Bengals. You got three division games within the first what six weeks um they got to take that london flight out there you have a titans game that's the titans game obviously out there um you're going to play a seahawks team that played really good last year you know justin herbert you're going to play on sunday night against the chargers you get the jags 49ers dolphins and steals at the end of the season um do you think I'll say I'm not. I'm gonna give you guys like you guys in on a, on a number, but do you guys think that it's what is your saying? Is it over over ten wins 
or under 10 wins for the season? Oh, I, I for sure have it over 10 wins. 10 wins for the, you're talking about us, right? Yeah. Baltimore Ravens. Ravens. Yes. Yes, yes. I, I definitely have it over 10 wins. Um, I can't remember exactly what record I had when we did the um, schedule release show, but yeah. I don't think I had them losing more than three games um, from my memory. And uh, a lot of that is just of what I've been observing just from camp. I feel like this season is like not like any other in, in recent times just because of knock on wood, how healthy um, we've kind of started, how, how available our players have been outside of, you know, a couple outliers like JK and, and everything. Like we, we, we seem probably the most prepared in, in opening a camp than I've, I've seen a team. And that was already before camp started. We already had a ton of optimism just based on some of our offseason um, acquisitions and also for our draft right before. Mm-hmm. So I'm 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 high on this team, on um, this specific squad. I, I think we're going to have probably the best offense we've seen in a long time without having to rely heavily on the run. So I'm excited about that. And I just think we're going to be like really, really equipped to compete with the rest of the AFC this season. I think this is probably the most prepared we've been. Um, and, and granted, it's still early in camp, but at the same time, what, what I'm seeing, even with just the mentality of the coaches, the players, it seems like everybody's locked in, focused, not too much outside noise coming in. Odell Beckham, he's like almost, you know, once he became a Raven, it's almost like you kind of forgot about what his past was um, mm-hmm. as far as everything. So I can tell everyone just seems locked in. It seems like everyone wants to be there and everybody's working for a spot. So I, I think this is probably like starting out, like this is just the most optimistic I've been for an overall team. Cause it, it seems like they're all in, in this and they all understand what the window we have. Um, you know, the, Lamar with the new deal, it's, it's just everything all together. I, I'm high on it. I, I It would be probably the biggest, the, like the biggest letdown if they don't get 10 wins this season. Like that would, that would probably just, crush everyone because <laughs> the way how, how, how good this seems to be starting it seemed like a setup for us to it's really ours to lose is how I'm looking at it yeah so I, I think for sure we're getting well over 10 wins yeah I'm with you I, I'm sliding us to like 12 wins um, mainly because like everything I've seen like it seems to be like a culture shift like you know the moves are great who we bring in a great player there seems to be a culture shift um, and a different order in the air with Todd Munkin, you know. I'm not saying, like, he's going to mess around and be the head coach and Harbaugh's going to retire or nothing like that, but he brings a new, fresh air to this team. One thing I wanted to call out, and this is kind of, like, leading to what I mean about the culture shift. Whenever I've gone to a stadium practice or, like, even when I've gone to a training camp practice and they do their two-minute drill right to end practice, they usually move down the field to kick a field goal with Justin Tucker. Year in, year out, right? Every single time. They went down the, they went down the field to score a touchdown this time. There was no Justin Tucker kicking a field goal. <laughs> like, seriously, that's a culture shift. And it speaks like, like the offense just looks more organized getting out there. They're moving fast. And I know we've heard about they're going to have this fast-paced offense. It just looks like Todd Munkin is so prepared, so in control. And I, it, that, like, kind of like what you said, Trey, like, it just feels like that preparedness um, is going to mm-hmm. carry over to our season. And I think overall, it's bleeding into the team, man. Guys are having fun out there. Like, there was a couple plays in a row, like, after every, like, pseudo tackle, the guys were acting like they were fake punching each other. You know what I mean? So it's like, there's just a lot of energy going on, a lot of optimism. So I think that's going to lead us to have a great season. I, I say around 12 wins. Yeah, I, I I was uh I, I definitely say I think I said over I think I said eleven. I don't want to say I think I said eleven eleven wins. Um but I definitely think that could be more this season. I think um I like the statement Todd Munkin Munkin made about, you know, um kind of removing the wristbands um from on the field and you know like, I'm not, and not, well, I don't think it was a shot at Greg Roman, but it sounded from a Ravens fan, from our perspective, it sounded like it when he kind of said wristbands are easy. You just look at the play and just call it. That is what it is. Yeah. So you have to understand the play, you just kind of call it. But he was like, he made it in, an emphasis on when I am telling Lamar the play in the headset, 
I want to make sure that he understands the play and to make sure that he mm-hmm. recruits that back to the players, not just reading something off and everybody just goes about their business. You know, that right, way he's right. making, he said, I also want to, he's like, it's imperative to give the quarterback um, control of this offense. He said, I want to make Lamar uh, be comfortable enough in this offense that if he sees something out there and something doesn't look right, that he, again, understands the play calling and everything else enough that he can change the protections. He can change the routes, move guys this way, move guys that way. Um, so I'm already liking that. I'm already like this sad to say that we had to get to this point five years, six years later. Um, but for this offense, but it's, it's it'll be nice to see. And then again, this is an opportunity for Lamar. I think Lamar is happy too, just because he has an opportunity now to shut up everybody. Everybody has been saying that Lamar can only run this Greg Roman read option offense, that he can't run a pro style offense. He can't run spread out, spread wide. He can't do any of that. And he's been literally telling people, watch my Louisville tape. Watch the film at Louisville. This is literally the offense I ran in college that I won a Heisman Trophy with. Are y'all serious? Like, I've heard Lamar saying for the last few years, like, look back at my tape. Like, what what are you guys? And but again, when you're coming into the league, certain and analysts and other talking heads at these networks create a narrative around players that may whether be true or not, and they like to just stick with that. They just hold on to the fact, oh, this guy can't be this because I said so. He has to go prove it to me. So I think Lamar is happy because he finally gets to say, you know, that that MVP season in 2019 wasn't a fluke. Like, I'm not saying Lamar's going to win MVP this year, but if he's up there in the top three, you know, if he's being talked about in week 12, week 13 as an MVP candidate, hell, but what was it? Before, was it end of last year? Before he got hurt, he was talking about being an MVP candidate. So, I mean, it's... We've seen what Lamar does for this team when he's healthy. Their record when he's healthy. But now that all that stuff is out of the way, the contract has been signed. They don't have to worry about it. Odell got his money. Hopefully, J.K. gets some some reconciliation with his contract coming soon. Um, Ajabo is healthy on defense. Uh, you got another year of Mike McDonald. You know, towards the end of the year, the defense got better. Roquan wearing Agent Zero. You know, got the Agent Zero jersey on. Um, yeah, I, I, it's, it, it definitely seems that I will say this, even from the interview that Munkin gave when he got introduced to the to the to the fans and to the media, I already liked his personality. You know, Greg Roman just kind of came off as like real lackadaisical, just kind of going with the flow kind of thing. Chuck Munkin is sitting here like he was cursing and everything, <laughs> and that uh, when he gave that press conference with the with the uh, the media. Um, so I really like that. I think it kind of it brought me back to those Brian Billick days when they did the um, hard knocks and Brian Billick would be out there cursing at the players and yelling at them, not because he's being disrespectful, but letting them know we're we're trying to we're trying to be the best that we can be out here. You know, I was like, I'm pretty sure Todd Munkin is in his mind has been told your job is to take this offense to the next level. You and Lamar are going to take this offense to the next level and get look. Guess what? If, if Ty Munkin comes out here this year and Lamar picks up another MVP caliber season, Ty Munkin could be looking at another head coaching job somewhere. So he, I'm pretty sure Ty Munkin wants to be a head coach in the NFL again. He knows that, hey, if I can put Lamar, if I can not only make Lamar MVP again, but make him prove to the world that he is, oh man, he's a better passer this year. Lamar is, you know, making the throws and like that's all because of this offense and way it's set up. So it's, it's beneficial for everybody, right? Harbaugh gets to keep his job. Munkin could potentially look for another head coaching gig. Lamar is put back on that pedestal again as being one of the top guys in the league. Odell gets to, you know, kind of a – he gets a redemption project for himself to prove that I'm still that guy. I'm not just a third string. I'm not just the slot receiver. I can still be the guy out here. Zay Flowers can prove. You know, I know Hollywood Brown didn't necessarily live up to his number one – draft pick selection but I will I'm going to be the guy here so you have a lot of guys still with playing I think with chips on their shoulders you know guys still that the media still feels a little bit yeah he's good but I don't think either he's lost a step I don't think he's there yet oh I don't think he's as good as I think he is blah 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 all that stuff so I think the Ravens have 
it sounds like they've been able again not a lot of chirping not a lot of talking from the players on Twitter and everything else they've been really pretty quiet for the most part so it seems like they're focused on business and I really like that about this team this year yeah agreed all right um I think that's the end of the show um this Thursday obviously this show is being recorded earlier but obviously Thursday is the first game the preseason game the Browns and the Jets um you guys gonna watch it at all and watch the preseason game I'm, I'm watching everything I'm watching everything <laughs> I'm, I've been waiting I'm, I'm gonna watch I, I spent money on that damn Sunday ticket I'm, I'm watching everything not that I need that to watch that game <laughs> I was thinking I'm, I was thinking I'm, about I'm uh, no canceling more. I was thinking about canceling my Verizon my my uh my Verizon wireless subscription so I get that free Sunday ticket that's how it is the <laughs> I was like, y'all do this now? Oh, two yeah. start like I was like, all right, man, whatever. Um, <laughs> I, I figured I actually bought um I bought a projector and an outdoor screen so I can watch oh, nice. football games, Thursday night football games outside. Um, the first half of the season. <laughs> right. Before it gets it's cold. <laughs> once it's starts getting like, you know, I can maybe in, even in the fifties, I can wear like a hoodie and stuff. I'm still good. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. In the 50s and stuff, now nah, you gotta bring it inside. <laughs> yeah. Um, that sounds nice. That sounds nice. Uh uh prime time game. Get the grill going a little a couple hours before that. Yep, yep. It's gonna be nice. It's gonna be nice. Yeah. Uh, I may do I may do it for one of the preseason games just to get just to get myself ready. Get myself yeah, in the you, gotta, you gotta warm up. You gotta go to training warm up, camp. Right? I gotta warm up too. You know, I get I get myself yeah. You know, I gotta get my burger hand. I gotta get my flip hand. I gotta get it right. You know, yeah, right. you know, I gotta, I gotta be able to, you know, turn, turn and cook at the same time. Watching the game, yeah. cook on the grill. You know, I gotta get my turn game wrong. So, um, all right, yeah. So the season is upon us, and you know, we'll be here each week. Uh, Ravens, I think, don't play their first preseason game until when is the first preseason game? Next Saturday, the twelfth. I guess the Eagles. Okay, August twelfth at seven o'clock. So we'll do a show before that. Um, you know, they will also, they're not gonna make cuts until after what that Commanders game, I think, the second game. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll get to see. You know, who we potentially will will pick. You know, our guys who we expect to see out there. Hopefully, make some splashes and you know, you know, make, maybe make a difference out there. Again, there could be some additions made between then and that game. So. But we'll see, but we're you know we're here for the rest of the season, so you know get ready for these episodes and uh, yeah. Also, you know we're going to be trying, you know, hopefully doing some video coming soon. Get back in the video aspect, uh, we kind of missed that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so hopefully getting back to doing you know an episode here, maybe audio, and then an episode on you know video as well. So um, thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you guys next week. Peace. Peace. Peace.